0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One-one pitch, fastball pulled and passed, toward the 20th Get up, Bob. get up, get out of here, Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes real. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Here it
1: is, opening day. I hope you all are as excited as we are. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. Every team is in action. We're going to break down every game, tell you one player or one storyline to watch for in each game. We also have bowl predictions, MLB predictions, and we're going to start with an over-under. Scott White, this is for you, a fresh over-under. Over-under three and a half steals for Francisco Lindor this season.
2: Yeah, I'm still going to take the over on that, but how did he hurt himself in the minors? What was he doing again? Oh, he was running the bases. So yeah, when he is ready to go, I have a feeling uh, they might want to limit how much he does that.
1: Well, welcome to Scott White. Welcome to all of
3: you out there. Hello, Kareeth. How you guys doing? I'm great. Apparently, Mr. Professional here right? watching the video doesn't want to participate in the theme of opening day, which is being a baseball fan. Firmly
0: establishing myself as the only unbiased analyst on the podcast, the only non-homer as I have always said. <laughs> I am the voice of reason.
1: <laughs> Wait, can, can we all ridiculous. Can we all establish right now? And I think I know what the answer is going to be and I think I'm not going to like it. But on the count of three, I'm gonna go one, two, three, and then we're all gonna say it. Who on this podcast is the biggest homer? Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Heath. Adam.
2: Adam.
0: What? Come on. It's, it's
3: unquestionable. <laughs> it's definitely Adam. Like if if Heath had spent the entire off season singing the virtues of Ryan O'Hearn, who has been better than Greg Bird, we could make that case. <laughs> if I had. You know, just no, you done have. nothing. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but those guys are actually good. Unlike Greg Burt. <laughs> if I had spent the entire offseason just like, guys, you gotta draft Garrett Cooper. I I could get that title. Scott, the the Braves really don't have any bad players. I- well, like, the- the- uh, who is no, I mean, I Mike had Fulton three Braves on my.
2: Uh, I had three Braves on my initial bust list. So. Mm-hmm.
3: There,
0: yeah, you them there you go. There you go. Scott have been telling us that Julio Teron was an above average starting pitcher.
1: Oh. Gosh, Heath, with your, with your judgmental hot takes today. Oh, man. Um, Francisco Lindor. Let's start with that. He sprained his ankle, running the bases. Leonis Martin is likely going to lead off for Cleveland in the interim. Eric Stamets is going to play shortstop. Uh, Hanley Ramirez made the roster. So, I guess just to put it into context of how valuable you think Francisco Lindor is, if you were drafting today, Chris, Heath, then Scott, when would you draft Francisco Lindor?
3: I think you still got third round.
2: 22nd overall. I had been letting him slide to late in the second, so yeah, I think think probably early third makes sense. We don't really have a timetable for this injury. It's not as bad in my mind as a calf strain, but it's going to cost him, I would imagine, all of April.
3: Scott, the calf bone is connected to the ankle bone, so there's no calf bone. <laughs> yeah, there is. Is a calf muscle that he? Pulls. No, it's the calf bones connected to the ankle, ankle bone. bone. That's how the Is okay. the shin bone? No.
1: Right. Uh, so. Uh, uh, okay. You, what are your expectations, uh, or how reasonable is it that Francisco Lindor comes back and is MVP caliber when he plays?
3: Slightly worse it- than MVP caliber is my expectation. I think you, you, you should expect him to, to struggle a little more than he would otherwise. I don't think you just expect him to step back on the field, uh, after missing all of spring training and the first maybe month of the season and then just be himself,
0: especially since he will literally, literally not run ever.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, well, I think you but have, have to be a little
1: concerned about the steals, I guess, um, as Scott already was, and that was well documented. Okay. Fast paced show today. Lot to talk about. Players we have the most shares of. We have finished our drafts. Who do you have the most shares of? Scott White.
2: Well, I didn't actually count it all up, uh, but I would guess the player I have the most shares of is Chris Archer. Off the top of my head. Uh, I did write a column, players I keep drafting, where I named 16 of them, and he was among them. I, I would guess he's the one I have the most.
0: Heath? I actually have a color-coded spreadsheet to tell me the answer to this question. I know it. um, <laughs> uh, It's a three-way tie: Matt Carpenter, Paul DeYoung, four-way Michael Brantley, and Luke
3: Weaver. As I've always said, Heath loves St. Louis. And that just <laughs> proves that I'm not a homer. <laughs> no, That's you just love St. Louis. It's right. It's close by, and there's sliced bagels. Yeah, that I I will defend the sliced bagel. What is a sliced Sorry. bagel? What like you didn't see the controversy yesterday? They sliced their bagels the wrong direction. They slice their bagels like Louis. red, and I think I wouldn't like if I had them at home. I wouldn't want that. But for an office setting where you have a big spread of a variety of bagels, I think it's the perfect like little Way to do it. like little bagel crackers. I mean, it's not like a hard. It's not hard. So they take a
2: they take a single bagel and they slice it more than once. You're saying top to bottom?
3: Like- yeah, top to bottom. Uh-huh. Like, because, okay, think. I don't get it. I'm even looking at it. I don't get it. We had a breakfast spread (laughs) yesterday, uh, brought by, by the company. And it's a bunch of bagels and some cookies and muffins. It's great fruit, but it's not, it's not the healthiest thing. And a bagel's not the healthiest thing in the world. I'm trying to watch my weight. I've lost some weight. Uh, hold your applause. Look at you. Look look at Chris. He looks great in, in that orange. And slimming. I, um, I don't want a whole bagel. It's too much. But I'm not going to rip a bagel in half and then just throw the other one back on the oh, pile. Throw it away. Un- that's, I,
0: that's what I have to do. I have to throw half a bagel away. Do you Have you ever seen how many bagels are
3: left at like 2 p.m.?
0: It, <laughs> that's I <all>. don't want to. <laughs> they throw bagels away.
3: I know, but I don't want to be responsible for a bagel being thrown away. I would rather just be able to select my portion of bagel. Individually cream cheese it and then go about the What my players do you have the most the exposure guilt? to? I uh, uh I sometimes Seeger. get
2: a second bagel. Oh sorry. <laughs> That's Seeger. too many bagels. Okay. It's so dense.
1: Okay, so just Scott's in your
3: belly like a neutron star.
1: Scott said Chris Archer, Heath said four players. Matt Carpenter, Paul DeYoung, Michael Brantley, and Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver we haven't done that in a long time.
3: Scott uh I Chris it a lot. Chris, who um who do you have the most shares of? Corey Seeger, which is Given the way I've talked about Corey Seeger the previous two years is shocking, but I just feel like he's been a great value this year. I'm not too worried about him living up to his potential. I think he's, you know, there's some risk coming off hip and elbow surgery, but when he's falling to like 70th, 80th overall, I feel like he's just too good a value there. And it reached the point where Scott would just start saying in the draft room, Chris is about to take a shortstop or mm. second or third. You took a Um, lot of short subs. Now, I do have a question, though. Do you
0: know that you actually, like, have you kept track, or is this another guess?
3: I, so I've kept track of the leagues that I'm playing out, and there's nobody that really, like, I, I think I have three shares of Justin Turner in the six leagues that I'm playing out. That's probably the answer for the ones I'm playing out. Right. But including the mocks, it's definitely Corey.
0: Because that's the reason I asked, and that's the reason I do this. We do so many mock drafts. I drafted a ton of Jack Flaherty this year. I have him on zero teams that we're playing out. Yeah. Which kind of stuff?
3: I have Seager on a couple teams that we're playing.
1: I have a lot of Luis Severino, and I'm a little—I mean, I'm nervous because you know it's not just you sit there and you say, "Well, he's going to miss a month, and then he's going to come back and be fine." This could be uh, an injury that lingers, and it could derail him. You know, Marcus Stroman, for example, last year—just I don't think he was ever right, and he's—he's definitely someone we're going to be keeping an eye on today as he makes his opening day start. But if Severino has a good year, I might get off to a slow start, but I should be in pretty good shape, You know, able to get him. I think I got him last night 100th overall in a draft, which isn't great value or anything, but it, it could end up obviously being great value. So I'm not a homer, but I love Luis Severino.
3: <laughs>
0: you are clearly a homer. The guy you own the most of is a pitcher for your favorite team that is not going to pitch for at least the first month of the season. Adam, pop your pop your shirt. Let's see it.
1: Oh yeah, right, right there we go. I had to stand up or sit on a phone booth
0: or phone book rather.
1: And uh, is that
0: a child medium or child's large?
1: <laughs> it is a uh, girl's small uh, shirt that I have on today. So a couple things to promote, few things to promote. Sportsline. All right, opening day. A lot of games to pick. You want to play some wagers? Go to Sportsline.com. Use the promo code Vegas and get your first month for just one dollar. And you will see how great it is. And you will make. It's nine ninety nine a month. Okay, first month for a dollar with the code VEGAS. But with the advice you're getting there, you're going to make that money back. Fantasy Baseball today on CBS Sports HQ this afternoon at noon Eastern. Hopefully you're hearing this before that. Please check it out, noon Eastern uh, on CBS Sports HQ. Just download the CBS Sports app and watch HQ. It is free. I watch it on my Roku all the time. If you have uh, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, anything that is connected, you can watch HQ. And we've got the, uh, the special edition of our show <clears throat> that you're going to love. And... The madness continues tonight. We're one step closer to one shining moment. The best place to stay on top of all the NCAA tournament coverage is CBS Sports HQ. And that is our free 24-hour sports streaming network. And it's built for fans like you and me. This is smart sports analysis. You're not going to get the uh, the fake debates, the yelling, the politics that you find on the other sports networks. You're going to see, like I said, fantasy baseball content on HQ. It's always on. It's always free. Download the CBS Sports app. We got bold predictions today, so I want to tease a little bit with one bold prediction now and the rest later. And then we're going to give some MLB standings. I got the Angels making the playoffs! Yeah. Woo. Um, that could be a bold prediction. Scott, give me one bold prediction that you'd like to talk about right now.
2: Uh, okay. I believe. I don't, I mean, these are bold predictions, so I don't know how much I believe it, but I think it's plausible that two Rockies starting pitchers could be in the top five Cy Young finishers in the NL. My best guess for who those would be would be Herman Marquez and John Gray, but you know, maybe, maybe Kyle Freeland is able to, uh, <laughs> repeat the feat. He was fourth in the NL last year. Okay, I like that. Herman
1: Marquez. Boy, I hope you drafted in some Yahoo leagues, Scott, because Armand Marquez was very low. I did a Yahoo draft last night. And, uh.
2: I don't play with those Yahoo. <laughs> come on. I, oh. if,
1: if you play in a Yahoo league, you do not ever have to worry about position scarcity. Ever. I was shocked that Carlos <laughs> Santana was not catcher eligible. He was third base and first base eligible. Um, alright. Yeah. Chris, how about a bold
3: prediction from you? Daniel Murphy will hit 350. That is my bold prediction. I, I, thought, I thought it was, it was 360. 360. Is it 360? I think it was 360. You're, you're getting a little cowardly. on Even the bolder. Podcast. Daniel Murphy will hit 360. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> he hit 347 in 2016, 322 in 2017, and that was not playing half of his games at course field. And then his skill set just completely evaporated because of his knee injury last year, and he hit 299 with a 308 BABIP. He's... Okay. If not Jose Altuve, I think he's probably the best batting average skill guy in baseball, and now he gets to play at the park that boosts BABIP more than any. I think over the last decade or something, pitchers at Coors Field have given up like a 320 BABIP, and Daniel Murphy has long been a high BABIP guy with his uh, swings, so he's easy money to win the batting average title if that's a thing that you can... Wager on. Yeah. I
0: don't know if easy money, but smart. Easy player. money. Like it's, it's, it's still long haul Easy money. Go to sports it's like, we like
2: the Rockies. I mean,
0: Apparently, I, I don't have them making the
2: playoffs. He oh
0: Heath,
1: what's your Rockies or non-Rockies related prediction?
0: I have no Rockies related, related predictions. I'll say Elo Jimenez is going to be a top twenty hitter in both formats. He's going to hit three hundred. He's going to hit thirty home runs. He's going to drive in a hundred runs. He won't steal any bases. He might not score a lot of runs. But Eloy Jimenez is going to be awesome. It's going to be what?
1: Awesome. No, what was Top your prediction? Top 20 hitter, both formats. Top 20 hitter. Okay, both formats. All right, my prediction, Brad Peacock will be better than Zach Greinke. I've talked a lot about Brad Peacock and what he did as a starter two years ago. Zach Greinke has given up 23, 25, and 28 home runs in his last three seasons, obviously under a strikeout printing last year, which is not necessarily new for him. He's thrown 2,663 and a third regular season innings across 15 seasons. And in his last two months of 2018, Greinke was 3-6 and six with a 3.68 ERA, 19 walks, 56 strikeouts, 10 home runs allowed in 71 innings. Pretty not so great. And I just think the wins are going to keep going down. I think he might win 12 games because I think the Diamondbacks are absolutely terrible. Uh, so Brad Peacock... <laughs> won't have as many innings, but will be better than Zach Greinke. That is bold, people. In points? On a per-game basis or per-inning basis, yes.
0: Season-long. That you're saying nothing. Yes. Say yes, yes, Adam. Have yes. the courage
3: of your convictions. Yes, Don't Bra- let
1: Heath bully you. Brad Peacock better than Greinke. There we go. I, I did just
0: bully him. you yes. saying yes.
1: <laughs> you did. But neither will be as good as Luis Severino. Okay, so uh, a few rankings disputes. I want to do more of these. Throughout the, throughout the season. One of them not exactly a dispute, but we should talk about Fernando Tatis. But let's start with Peter Alonso. They are not ranked all that differently. But Scott, you have Alonso 14th in points, 13th in roto at first base. And Heath, you have Alonso 19th in points and 18th in roto at first base. So we're gonna talk about Alonso, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Joey Lucchesi. Major rankings disagreement there on Joey Lucchesi. Let's kick it off with a guy who's gonna be in the opening day lineup for the New York Mets. First baseman, Peter Alonzo. Scott White, the floor is yours. And let's see. I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds each. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'm very excited about Pete Alonzo. There wasn't too many hitters who had a more eye-opening spring. Obviously, the Mets wanted him on the roster, and he seized that job with gusto. But made a lot more contact than I think I even anticipated. And while I'm not necessarily counting on that continuing into the regular season... It was a good sign that he's not overmatched by Major League Pitching and uh, tons of power. I, I'm thinking there's like a Reese Hoskins outcome for him in his Here, first Major League season.
1: Time
0: is up. Okay, Heath Cummings, Peter Alonzo.
2: I don't, I don't
0: dislike Peter Alonzo, and he's one of the last first basemen that I could get excited about having some upside I do still have concerns because the Mets, things worked out pretty well for Alonzo in that Todd Frazier was hurt. Jed Lowry was hurt. They've got some openings. They start their season, though, with nine games basically against Aces. They've got the Nationals for three, the Marlins for three, and then the Nationals for three. I'm afraid Alonzo gets off to a slow start against all those good pitchers. I'm, I do think there's quite a bit of upside there, though. Wait, the Marlins for three?
3: Chris didn't even acknowledge me. Uh, (laughs) Well, I just, we don't know which of the Marlins aces are going to be there. Aces have five. Four. Aces, right. Okay. We're calling them stallions.
1: Okay. So, I, I don't know that there was much of a debate there, but relevant player, worth talking about. I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna say that one's a draw. And Fernando Tatis Jr., you both have him 15th. Scott has him 14th in Roto. But, Heath talked about, you know he's in the Paul DeYoung, Gleyber Torres uh, range, and Scott, you haven't had a chance to talk about Fernando Tatis, so I'll let you go first again. Thirty seconds on the clock. Talk about Fernando Tatis, who I took in two leagues yesterday. Uh Very excited. I think I got him like 130th overall in one league and 115th maybe in another. Go ahead, Scott.
2: So my ranking is, is meant to be on the cautious side. There's a chance Fernando Tatis comes up and is so good. We're drafting him in the first round next year. I I think he has a, a, honestly, it's a Manny Machado like skill set for him, but he's 20 and, you know, obviously hasn't spent much time in the upper minors. Uh, but there's power, there's speed. I, you know, the downside is he strikes out too much potentially and, and ends up hitting only 240. Um, and shortstop being, you know, I just have him a couple spots behind Gene Segura. So shortstop has a lot of depth, like we said. Uh, but in terms of, um, rostering him, I, I would, I would have a hard time giving him up knowing the upside right now, if I was lucky enough to roster him.
1: I figured you were wrapping up anyway, but I would just play the buzzer sound. Uh, Heath, any thoughts, uh, on day two of
0: Fernando Tatis mania? Yeah, I said a lot of things about Tatis yesterday, and Scott said everything that I pretty much agree with just 30 seconds ago. So I want to attack Scott, use my time to attack Scott for scoffing at the Glaber-Torres-Paul DeYoung range of my range. Oh, you saw that. Because (laughs) their ADP may not be the same, but their profile is almost identical. I think it's brilliant
3: to say he's in that range, because you really can't be wrong. (laughs) That was 140 pick range Really, it's the smartest Game 3 move you can make Did you get
2: that from me That his batted ball profile was basically Identical to Paul DeYoung last year I
0: I wasn't talking about his batted ball profile I was talking about his actual production in the Major Leagues And his projections for 2019 Okay I do Uh, want to say Oh, sorry.
2: Go ahead. I do think Torres has considerably More upside than DeYoung, so there's a gap between the two Of my rankings, and there is, I think, for most people Uh, So that's why I scoffed at that that range. That sounds like a wide range.
3: (laughs) I do want to say one thing about Fernando Tatis. There was this big argument on Twitter. The fantasy baseball community was torn asunder on the question of how good will Fernando Tatis be. And, you know, the projections don't think he'll be great. But one thing to keep in mind is, like, Scott, you compared him to Manny Machado, and I think that's a great comparison for this reason. Nobody would think comparing Fernando Tatis to Manny Machado would be an insult, but Manny Machado only had a 755 OPS as a rookie, only 14 homers, only six steals. He wasn't a great fantasy player. Um, Now, we know what Manny Machado became, so it's obviously not an insult, but that's the thing to keep in mind, is it's really hard to be good in the majors at the age of 20. There's a chance that he's just like a low-end middle infielder, but he still needs to be rostered in all leagues because of the upside. All right, last guy we're debating here, Joey
1: Lucasi. Chris wanted me to put Chris Paddock in the notes, but the rankings are too similar, so I need an actual debate. Lucasi is 57th for Scott, 96th for Heath. Heath, why so low on uh, low Casey
0: for you? Yeah, and I th- this is something I've kind of realized over the last week or so that I just didn't realize that I think more people agree with Scott on Joey Lucasi than I do, and. There is some potential there, but we are talking of a guy who averaged about five innings per start last year and had a 4.08 ERA and had a fifth that was even worse than that. So I don't really understand why everybody thinks he's a top 50 or 60 starting pitcher. I don't really think that the Padres are going to be good this year. I've got him in fourth place, so I don't expect him to get a bunch of wins. I don't think he's going to get a lot of innings, and I just don't get it.
2: Well, the reason is 10 strikeouts per nine innings last year. And I'll point out that I originally had Lucchese ranked closer to Heath's range. I, I considered it kind of a, a modern look at the way we evaluate starting pitchers and how he hardly lasted a third time through the batting order last year. He pointed out the, uh, his, his average innings per start. It's tough to get wins that way, but the addition of a cutter to his arsenal this spring, I think is with the idea of hopefully allowing him to pitch deeper into games Broadening his arsenal a bit And um, it, it's really upside You know, I, I came to the conclusion that On draft day, I want upside And I'll figure it out from there if it doesn't work out I, I had to move him ahead of boring guys like Julio Tehran and Michael Waka
0: I think I still have him ahead of Teran
3: as well oh, Heath, I do have one question Where do you have Rich Hill?
0: Um... I have Rich Hill around 70, 60 or 70.
3: How many innings per start did Rich Hill average?
0: I would assume around 6. 5.3. Wow, that's surprising. It's a
3: little better than Joey Lucchese, but they're actually, I think, if you look at the Well, profile, Rich Hill has a sub-3 ERA, right? 360.
1: No, yeah, he right? actually had a an high
3: ERA-ish. And, and Joey Lucchese ERA. had a 364 Sierra. I think if you actually look at them, they kind of look like the same guy. They really only have two pitches each. Lucchesi's is, I don't think we've de- decided if it's a changeup or a curve. I think people were referring to it as a churve last year, but it's like an 80-mile-per-hour thing that nobody can hit. Um, I think he does have a lot in common with Rich Hill, a lot of strikeouts. I think better control than Rich Hill, at least what he showed last year. Hides the ball really well. Um, I, I, I'm more with Scott on this one.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then I will play... There you go. If you had gone with Heath, it would have been. But not today, Heath. The Heath is not on. Uh, news and notes. Alex Cora will not name a closer. Does, does Ryan Brazier need to
2: be owned? Uh, not in a standard size league. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Barnes still. I mean, there was reports early this spring that Barnes had the advantage, and after some initial struggles, they... Figured out he was tipping his pitches this spring, and he was very strong to close the exhibition season when Brazier hardly pitched at all. I think the skills are better for Barnes, and um, yeah, I I think it'll be Barnes, but it may not be. We'll see.
1: Not a bad idea if you own Matt Barnes to see if you can drop someone useless and get Ryan Brazier. I I don't think it's a bad idea to own Ryan Brazier. I think there's a possibility. I mean, I sort of months ago planted my flag on Brazier Island. I've stayed there. My, his last name sort of rhymes with mine. But uh I think he might be better than Barnes. Barnes has some, some major walk issues. Great strikeouts though. Uh Oakland. Not for a
2: closer, come on. Well Most but, closers walk three and a half guys per nine.
1: Is that all it is? I thought it was in the fours.
3: No, his was like four point five, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's got some serious yeah, I think anyway. Uh Oakland acquired Kendris Morales from Toronto. Do we care?
3: I, it, I care. I care about Rowdy Telez possibly getting an opportunity with the Blue Jays just because he's a a big beefy baseball boy named Rowdy and might hit some dongs. Well, who
1: do you like more in AL only, Kendrys Morales or, or Rowdy Telez?
3: Well, I don't think Teles is currently on the Blue Jays. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I think Morales probably. He showed. It, it looked like he was kind of done last year, and then he got hot at the end of the season. The underlying skills still look okay. It's a really bad park shift for him, though. That that's the thing I'm concerned with. I think he could be fine now, only though. I, I've never I heard anything
0: cared. you said because I was researching Rich Hill's innings per start because I thought that was a crazy number. It's true. It's Heath well, does, well, it's does that. True. You you owe it. he he had a It's not. It's not true. He, he, he averaged five point seven innings per start. Just for a point of clarification.
2: Okay. Extra out. <laughs> Pretty
3: half an inning's a pretty big difference. It is. I mean, uh, yeah. I, that's what I, I got. I don't know. What, he had a relief appearance. Okay.
2: I I had um I, I care about the Morales signing to the extent that I was beginning to add Chad Pinder and and particularly in some five outfielder leagues, thinking this was the excuse the A's were looking for the Matt Olsen injury to uh to get Pinder in the lineup more regularly. Sounds like they're not so motivated to do that after all. I would guess it would be kind of a platoon between Morales and Pinder with Profar jumping between first and second base
3: until Olsen is healthy. All right. Some he didn't of them throw a pitch in that appearance. Why is that listed on his? Game? I have no idea. <laughs> Rich Hill has one relief appearance where he did not throw a pitch and then he didn't pitch for a month. You got a blister before the game. started, Probably. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what this is. <laughs>
0: but it's listed as a game started.
1: Yeah. Okay, all right, guys. Lineup stuff here. Uh, Juan Lagares is going to start in center field for the Mets. What does that mean? Is it Jeff McNeil not going to be in the lineup? He's playing third. Yep. It's ah, the Lowry fraser thing. Uh, okay, still. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, Peter Alonso will be in the lineup. Malik Smith is going to start in center field. Do we know if he's leading off or batting ninth?
2: They probably. I can won't check really on that. Up until four, right? Probably. A lot of lineups are already out, so I'll check on that.
0: And right, that's that's a big I, one
2: to me. Heath, you were saying?
0: I, I know his first game back. He let off, but I I do not. They have I don't see an an opening day
2: lineup announced. All right, D Gordon. Well, it's not their opening day. Yeah, I don't see one either.
0: D
1: Gordon let off in Japan. Malik Smith will play tonight, and we'll see they, You know, can't wait to start him against Chris Sale, but. uh... I, I, to me, that's very significant, which one bats ninth, which one bats first, between Malik Smith and D. Gordon. Uh, Yasiel Puig is going to bat third for the Reds, and Rafael Devers. This is something I was really interested in. Uh, I knew he'd be in the lineup, but he's facing a lefty. They're batting him third tonight. So it's Ben Benintendi, Betts, Devers, J.D. Martinez. That is a great opportunity for Rafael Devers to get his season off on the right foot. I-
0: I think we talked about that earlier in the season. That was what—that's what Cora wants. He yeah. wants for Devers to be their everyday number three hitter.
2: I'm—I I think the Puig thing though is really interesting. It's—it's we—we knew he was going to bat in a better spot than he did with the Dodgers, but I was thinking more on you know like fifth maybe. The Scooter Jeanette injury may have made this possible though, where he's going to be batting behind Jesse Winker and Joey Votto, who might both be 400 OBP guys. A lot of RBI opportunities there. And, of course, uh potential for more bats than we've seen from him in a few years.
1: Do we know if Nolan Arenado is batting second?
3: I I, I hope he does not. I don't think that's been... There are a few lineups out there. There are a couple of really interesting notes that you you didn't get to. Can I throw them out there?
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
3: Greg Bird is starting on opening day. I know. Batting seventh. Oh, Labor Torres is batting eight. Where's Voit batting? Uh, fourth. Cleanup. Oh gosh, that's not good for Greg yeah. Bird. Labor <laughs> Torres is
1: eight.
0: Okay. That that makes it difficult for DFS because I think a lot of people are going to want to play four Yankees.
3: Uh huh. I am. And, I have. Uh, I have
0: Greg Bird. <laughs> I assume Gardner's leading off.
3: Yeah, it's Gardner, Judge, Stanton, Voit, and then Gary Sanchez. Uh, no, and Duhar Sanchez sixth.
0: That'll make Sanchez an interesting play because he won't be as popular hitting sixth.
3: Go to the wraparound. Torres, Tulo, and then Judge and Stanton. I don't want Tullo.
1: Glaber Torres batting eighth is, is uh, you know, not insignificant.
3: Yeah. Um, and, um, go ahead. Gene Segura is batting second. Andrew McCutcheon batting leadoff for the Phillies also.
1: Yeah, and Cesar Hernandez seventh. Michael Franco eighth. Aaron Nola batting ninth all right cool we'll see what happens don't don't read too much into the lineups they change a lot but I think you can expect Andrew McCutcheon to be a lead off hitter and Yasio Puig to bat third if he hits well and I like I said really oh Jesse Winker leading off by the way yep I don't know if you said that I'm sorry but Winker Va- oh Scott said that indirectly right? yes yeah Winker Vado Puig Eugenio Suarez Schebler Peraza Tucker Barnhart Jose Iglesias Luis Castillo
2: and and I think Pete Alonso, at, at least if they follow what they were doing toward the end of spring training, I think he'll be batting second, which is another reason. Like, to me, that's a vote of confidence. The second spot is kind of what the third spot used to be, where hitters typically put their best—where teams typically put their best hitters there.
1: Okay, so here's what's uh, left on the second half of today's show. I have a quick round of your emails. I've got one player or storyline to watch for in each game. And the rest of our bold predictions and MLB predictions— Let's take a quick break. Come right back here on Fantasy Baseball today.
4: True green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Your emails at
1: fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. Keep them coming all throughout the season. Grade the trade. Fantasy regulators will do all that stuff. All right. This is from Edward. Good morning, fantasy baseball gurus, gurus. I would appreciate your collective wisdom about the impact players most likely to be traded across leagues. During the season. This is obviously relevant for AL only and NL only owners. Guys, who will get traded most likely to get moved to another league?
3: Uh, I think Jonathan... can't spring on us. The last uh, Jonathan
1: Starlin VR. Starling
3: Castro. Starling Castro. Again, any, anybody
2: who is in a long-term foundation piece on a bad team is a candidate to get traded to the other league. So Jonathan VR, Nicholas uh Castellano, since he's not signed to a long term deal. Um, you know, what's interesting, if you look at our bold prediction columns, with one exception, I think, all four of us chose the same last place team in every division. So it's pretty clear who the bad teams are. And uh I would I would be worried if it if it wasn't a young player who was just breaking into the big leagues, I would be worried about anyone from those teams.
3: Madison Bumgarner.
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yes. There's been trade rumors. I mean, Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer. There's, there were trade rumors about those guys two days ago. Right. Um, with the Padres. So, even not on bad teams, there's a chance that there are some teams that are trying to win, but aren't trying that hard. And I think the Indians are one. Um, so we could see those guys get
1: moved. And then obviously relievers, right? I mean, these, these bad teams are going to try to turn their relievers into something. So,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I think we all... Drew, f- Drew Steckenrider, if he emerges this year.
1: Yeah, but we all feel like the Padres could be solid. We have them third, third... I have them third, he, Scott has them third, Heath has them fourth. Chris has the Padres second. But if they don't do well... They're
3: playing in the playoffs.
1: You have them in the playoffs?
3: Oh, yeah, baby.
1: No. He's- Homer pick. That's crazy.
3: <laughs> You're not even a dad.
1: <laughs> How could that be a Homer pick? Um Padres, you know. So... Yeah, so they could – closers on bad teams. Let's just say that. Those are the most likely guys to go. Uh, Next email is from Mark. It's been a great week to have you back, Adam. Frog and dog definitely rhyme. And I think you need to continue incorporating background music. Chris was on to (laughs) something. How come there's not much talk about C.J. Crone? He is not in either Heath or Scott's top 300. He had 30 home runs last year. He's going to play in a better lineup in ballpark. Is there something I'm missing here about C.J. Crone?
2: He's pretty one dimensional. Uh, I do have some shares in him in deeper leagues because I think there's a good chance he approaches 30 homers again without doing much else. But, you know, beyond the top 300 range, that's a useful player. I, I, I don't see the need to put him in the 300 range. And, and the fact is he probably would be in my roto top 300 if I didn't have to fit 24 catchers in there. Right. There's a lot of bad catchers that have to be incorporated just because of, you know, they're designed for two catcher leagues, those rankings.
0: I think I'm pretty consistent in um, being lower on the guys that break out in their late 20s, um, closer to 30, and especially when the breakout is barely fantasy relevant.
1: Uh, okay. So next email is from, what did I do in Lowell, Michigan? I've never had any malicious conversations with Chris Towers, and my last at, last tweet was dated March 24th. and was not ill-mannered in any way, and then poof, I'm black, I'm blocked. I truly do enjoy his insight on the podcast, and he was a great follow on Twitter. Please ask Chris to find the kindness in his heart and unblock at Brett P. Nasik. Why'd you block him, Chris? I've
3: unblocked him. I don't know what it was Or <laughs> Um, you you get a little uh, sure in,
0: in your feelings sometimes. I'm sure blocking.
3: it was it was something, maybe. Uh, but I've unblocked him. You know, I'm I'm willing to grant uh, reprieves i'll just say
0: uh, i i brett may be sending us another email in a week well wow, i guess i had been blocked for a while i didn't know how much chris tweeted <laughs> could you ask him to block me again
4: <laughs> and it's just
1: it's just so weird because like chris never says anything mean to other people on twitter you know so
0: like are th- you kidding there is nobody in this podcast that was sarcasm yeah like Keith. the most obvious sarcasm of all time i didn't like, get it at all come like, on totally no. missed come it. on
3: keep up man <laughs>
1: Okay, this is from Slow Luke down in your old age. Uh Luke says Tatis Jr was dropped in my 12 team roto league yesterday, okay. We have waiver wire priority based on standings. Last place gets the first player and it runs weekly. The first week is only 4 days. So should I tank the first 4 days so I can claim Fernando Tatis Jr on s- <laughs> on s- it's a uh- Oh no, he only has to be in last place by Saturday morning. So I guess he only has to tank for a few days. To, uh, to get Tatis.
3: I, I would do it. It's a long season. I would do it. I'm not no, going to say can... you should do this. I'm going to say you can do this, and it would probably be prudent to do so. Well, you don't have to completely I... tank, like, sit
1: everybody and get no stats. Okay, that I don't do that. But, you know, maybe kind of suck a little bit. That's all, you know. Got to be a little Man. bit bad.
2: Well, that's the only way to ensure it works. Otherwise, you might go halfway there and, and win uh unexpectedly and then and then or you may go halfway there and not be the worst team in the league, but you could have won more, I guess, is the danger to that. I I just I can't I can't get behind I can't get behind losing on purpose. You know? That's
3: no. Okay. Scott, I, I not will a sixer. To fan. quote Mob Deep, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. <sighs> all right. Right? I
1: live by that motto, by the way, Chris. I have a tattooed on oh. my arm. <laughs> and uh i'm gonna skip this last email but i'm gonna, gonna give a shout out to ed s in jacksonville he's a diehard cubs fan he grew up four blocks from ridley uh and after school in the late 50s he'd walk over to the park and the ushers would let him in for free with his friends he's a young 70 but still plays at least two fantasy baseball leagues every year and uh yeah thank you for listening ed and happy opening day to you Speaking of opening day, we have fifteen games, so I'm going to give you guys a game. you're going to tell me one player or storyline to watch in each game? Scott, you are up first. By the way, it just so happened that I did it you know every three games I gave it to a new analyst, and Scott got the Braves. Heath got the Royals, and Chris got the I guess I should have given him the Padres, but he did get the Marlins. Mm-hmm. All right, Baltimore's at New York. Who are you looking out for, Scott?
2: All right. So we're going to kick things off right here with Greg Bird being the player I'm watching closest here because as much as fun as we like to make of Adam, I do think there is a lot of untapped upside here. This may be his last chance in the majors as a regular player. This is, uh, this is his time. He's healthy supposedly, um, relatively speaking. <laughs> and, uh, we should know pretty early on if he's going to sweep sink or swim because the Yankees' first two matchups are against the Orioles, obviously, and the Tigers, maybe the two worst pitching staffs in baseball. If he doesn't get off to a hot start, he's probably done when Eric Hicks comes back and Luke Voit's just the starting first baseman. But if he does, could be bad news for Voit. but there's, there's a way the Yankees can have them both in their lineup if they're willing to bump Brett Gardner instead.
1: Scott, who's their Yankees' third matchup after the Orioles and the Tigers?
2: I haven't looked that far ahead. It's the Orioles.
1: It's the Orioles. They have the absolute greatest week one. If you're playing the ten day, the eleven day week, it's the Orioles, the Tigers, and the Orioles. Uh,
0: Unbelievable. I'm going to go ahead and make
3: a prediction. I don't trust Bird to do anything against the Orioles. I I
0: understood. I'm going to go ahead and just assume that Greg Bird over the first ten games of the season is going to be hitting like 400. He's probably going to lead baseball with five home runs. Adam is going to dance on all of us, and he is going to be DFA'd by midnight.
1: D- no, he's not going to be oh, DFA'd. If,
0: That's ridiculous. like if he's
2: if he's proving he's healthy like that. I I don't know that that maybe he gets hurt before and and then can't play through it like he's not been unable to do in the past. But I don't think he's just going to slump his way out of a job.
3: I mean, it's not just injuries, guys. We ha- yeah, it
1: is. So we it, have it uh, we we have uh, reached our Greg Berg quota. Pete Alonso is the guy that Heath is going to be looking out for in the Mets-Nationals game, which is a DeGrom-Scherzer matchup.
0: Yeah, and I don't want anyone to think that because I was on the low end of Alonzo during our rankings dispute, I don't think there's a ton of upside or things to be excited about here. There certainly is. And I think it's going to be really—I mean, I joked about the Marlins pitching. I think it'll be really interesting to watch him. We're going to find out if he can handle Big, big pitching real quick because he's got the opposite of the Greg Bird schedule with six games against the Nationals in his first nine.
1: Let's go to St. Louis and Milwaukee. Good one here. Chris, who are we looking out for?
3: I'm going to be watching for Ryan Braun. I know this podcast in particular is not particularly excited about Ryan Braun, but he did rework his swing. He's actually still been a pretty good fantasy player, uh, even in his decline years because he still runs. He still hits for decent power. He reworked his swing to try to tap into some more power. So I want to see what that looks like in the first couple of games of the season. Scott, Atlanta and Philadelphia, who's the player to watch?
2: Yeah, I didn't actually love my choices here, but uh so I'm I'm going with David Robertson, if you know, pres- if if the if the Phillies are ahead and it's a save situation heading into the ninth inning. Um if if Robertson comes in earlier than the ninth inning, or if he's not the one who comes in the ninth inning, the level of panic that will sweep through the fantasy baseball world is going to be uh, it, it'll it'll be fun, I guess. I I think he's the obvious choice to lead the team in saves, but it it probably won't be in every save situation scenario.
1: Heath gets the game of the day: Blue Jays Tigers. Who are we keeping uh, keeping an eye
0: on? Here? <laughs> Unlike Scott's game between the Phillies and the Braves, there are numerous options in this game to get excited <laughs> about. The Tigers and Blue Jays, two up and coming teams. I'm very excited though to watch Marcus Stroman against a. Pretty weak lineup. I don't think he was as is as bad as he was last year. He was dealing with that shoulder problem all year long. Says he feels healthy. I expect him to get off to a good start, and he's my favorite DFS pitcher of the day.
1: All right, let's go to Chicago and Texas. Cole Hamill's revenge. And, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Scott, wait one moment on Chicago, Texas. We have Houston, Tampa Bay first. Chris, you have the Astros
3: and the Rays. So there are a lot of guys on this in this series who I'd be excited to watch in a couple of days. But for right now, the opening day pitchers are two of the best pitchers in baseball. So I'll go with Tommy Pham. I want to we know how up and down he's been. We know about his vision issues. He's a guy that I always want to see where he's at at any given moment. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that if he swings and misses seven times today, which he's totally liable to do. You know, then you you have to start looking at him and say, well, maybe we got to be a little worried. Okay.
1: And now, Scott Cole Hamels' revenge. Chicago at Texas.
2: Ooh, Cole Hamels would have been a good pick because he was so bad at Texas. Yeah. But uh, I'm going with I'm going with Nomar Mazzara, uh, who supposedly reworked his swing with the hopes of getting more fly balls, and and that would be the key probably to unlocking his potential. I'm watching to see if there are any results uh for that in the first game, because there certainly weren't this spring. Had did basically nothing.
1: Uh I was wrong, by the way, it's John Lester. We talked about Cole Hamels. He is facing oh. he is facing there the Rangers go. this weekend, but it's it's Lester tonight against Mike Minor, so apologies there. Next game, Angels and Oakland. Heath, who are I like this one, Heath. We haven't talked a lot about this guy, but you got your eyes on
0: we talked a lot about this guy last year because Cole Calhoun was one of my favorite sleepers, and he was just dreadful. He was also banged up for a lot of the year. He finally started to hit a little bit in the second half, but he, I expect, to be the leadoff hitter all year for the Angels, and he had a pretty good spring. He's going to hit in front of Trout. I think Calhoun could be one of the best sleeper outfielders. I'd like to see him get off to a good start this year, though, not struggle like he did in 2018.
1: Alright, we got uh, a few more games left. Colorado is at Miami. Chris, I hope you're going to the game, but if you're not, or even if you are, who are you yeah. keeping an eye on at Rockies Marlins?
3: I think I'm going to go on Saturday. Can't really get out of work today, but I'm going to be keeping an eye on Jorge Alfaro, unless they're Lewis Brinson in there. I just want to see them make contact with the baseball. That's really all I'm asking okay, for today. I, I want to see,
1: I mean, I assume Hampson will not be in the lineup today.
3: I don't know if that's been determined yet. They, yeah. they haven't released their lineup
1: yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. Ryan McMahon, yep. there's a righty on the mound, so that's good for him. Um, but yeah, we're, we're obviously we've been keeping an eye on that all spring. Pittsburgh's at Cincinnati, Scott. We got to see something from Luis Castillo today.
2: Yes, we do, because obviously he's a popular breakout again for good reason. The stuff uh, is great. The potential for to be a really good control pitch. Uh, there's a lot of upside, clearly. And this is one of the weaker lineups in his division, Pittsburgh. So I want to see him light him up today. If he doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's it's not how you want to see his season start after what was a pretty disappointing year last year. And, Heath, I will be rooting very hard against Zach
1: Granke. You heard my bold prediction earlier. You've got your eyes on him as he faces the Dodgers in Dodger
0: Stadium. It's a revenge game for Zach Greinke, like his 17th, because they play them 20 times a year, but still. Um, mm-hmm. uh, No, I I think it's interesting because I get your point on Zach Greinke. I also get Scott's point on Zach Greinke, and I'm kind of in the middle of you two and see both as possibilities. I'd like to see what his velocity is in his first start. I'd like to see if it matters, because a lot of times for Zach Greinke, it just doesn't.
1: And I think that if he has low velocity today that we, you know, if if any pitcher has low velocity in their first start, give him a little bit of time, you know, that that does climb as the season goes on. Not to say it's
2: completely. But there irrelevant. wasn't concern. There wasn't. There wasn't questions raised about his velocity this spring, unlike the past two springs. Right? No, like, he, he hit, hit eighty-eight. Was.
1: <laughs>
2: there was. Honestly. I haven't heard anything.
1: Chris, like there was concerns about Granky's velocity, right?
3: No, not this spring. No, oh, after right. his first start, he he actually said, "This is, I finally don't have any concerns," and it was because he hit eighty-eight. That wasn't a joke. Okay, he hit eighty. Okay. That's what he said.
1: No, that's fair. Uh Cleveland's at Minnesota, Chris. Who are you looking at in this game?
3: You want to watch both starting pitchers, but really it's it's Byron Buxton. Reworked his swing in the offseason, quieted it down, got rid of the big leg kick, had a good spring, was one of Scott's uh, big winners from the spring training. So I it's a tough matchup against Corey Kluver, but I want to see him like Jorge Alfaro and Lewis Brinson put the bat on the ball, you know. I, I don't want to see Byron Buxton get off to a slow start because we've think, seen things snowball for him. And the two starting
1: pitchers are Corey Kluber and Jose Barrios. Okay, three games left. Scott, you've got San Francisco at San Diego.
2: I do want to see if Frenil Reyes is in the lineup. He better be, since it's a lefty on the mound. But that lefty, Madison Bumgarner, is the one I'm really watching here, going against what looks like pretty strong lineup for the Padres, a pitcher who a lot of people, myself, kind of leading the parade, are really down on. The skills seem to be fading fast for Madison Bumgarner here. He got rocked a couple times in spring training against not such great lineups. So if he gets rocked today, again, like I said for Castillo, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's it's going to uh, amplify those concerns.
1: White Sox at Kansas City. Heath, get
0: excited. Who are you That's looking for? Alberto Mondesi. Yeah, it's, it's Mondesi, and I want to see, and I wasn't as high on him as Scott was most of this season, but he had a lot better plate discipline in spring training. He made better contact in spring training. He's going up against a pitcher that is out of the zone a lot of the time in Carlos Rodon. I would just like to see if Mondesi can carry any of that over because if he was actually an 8 or 9% walk guy and an 80% contact guy, he's an absolute star, and we made him the first round next year.
1: And finally, Boston at Seattle. Chris Sale, Marco Gonzalez. Chris, who are you looking at in Boston, Seattle?
3: Want to make sure that Malik Smith is healthy and starting at the top of that lineup. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me. You know, it, hopefully there are no lingering effects from his uh, his spring injury. But he didn't get a lot of playing time. He missed the series in Japan. Worried he could get off to a slow start. And, Obviously, Chris Sale's not going to help that, so we won't learn too much, but I just want to see him look good in the outfield, running the bases if he gets on, stuff like that.
1: Well, there you go. Something to watch for in every single game today. And I think people are going to want to know starts and sits. So let me look at some of the more questionable starters today and you tell me, um, I'll just, I'll give you a, I'll call out an analyst and you tell me, are you starting Scott Yalisha Seen against the Cardinals? No. I can't ask Heath this, so I'll ask Chris. Julio Tehran at Philadelphia.
3: No. Why would anyone ever start Julio Tehran? I don't believe in batter versus pitcher stats being a thing. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper against Julio Tehran. He he has like a four thousand OPS against him.
1: Seventeen hundred OPS in like sixty eight at bats or something, maybe forty eight, but a ton. Uh, Heath Jordan Zimmerman at the Blue Jays. No. Scott John Lester or had Mike. An interesting spring. Scott John Lester or Mike Miner.
2: I would prefer not to, but I'm not a big Lester guy.
0: Heath, Trevor Cahill, or Mike Fiers? I want to watch both these guys. I don't want to watch them do what they might do to my ERA and whip, so no.
1: Chris, Kyle Freeland, or Jose
3: Ureña? Kyle Freeland, for sure. Uh Probably not Jose Ureña.
1: Scott, Madison Bumgarner or Eric Lauer? Or both.
2: I mean, if I drafted Madison Bumgarner, I'm obviously starting him. I didn't. So hopefully, uh, I, I don't mind if he gets rocked. Oh, uh, and Lauer was actually among my ten sleeper pitchers for this week. Good matchup, obviously, and had a really good spring.
1: I I think that's the guy. That's one of the first guys I'd be picking up, Eric Lauer, if he does well tonight. Not in every league, but I yeah. Uh, let's see, Rodon and Keller, Heath Rodon and
0: Keller. I'd be more likely to start Keller, especially as a sparp. I think Rodon's a fine. Um, desperation play, I guess. But I don't want to make desperation plays on opening day, really.
1: And I will have a tough call tonight. Should I start Marco Gonzalez against the Boston Red Sox? What is this, Gonzalez's second start of the season? What do you think, Chris Towers?
3: I'd prefer to avoid the Boston Red Sox whenever possible, but you may not have that option. If he's not your worst pitcher, probably go with him.
1: going to finish the show with bold predictions and MLB predictions. I'm going to get mine out of the way real quick here. Cody Bellinger will be a top three MVP finalist. I think all he has to do is be good, respectable against lefties. And I'm a guy who believes that players can have a sophomore slump and come back and be great in their third season. And I think Bellinger uh, will do just that. I'm very excited about him, and I love that he's dual eligible. A.J. Pollock is a top five outfielder in points leagues and top ten in Roto. I'm not sure that he's going to give much of a batting average. He might be a 260 hitter or something like that. But, you know, before his injury, his thumb injury last year, he was on pace for, like, somewhere in the 29 to 39 steal range, which would have been four straight years with a 29 to 39 steal pace in 155 games. And uh, I know Chris loves that prediction because he loves A.J. Pollock. So I'm high on Bellinger. I'm high on Pollock. Uh, Scott, knock out your next two bold predictions.
2: I have Brandon Lau finishing as a top 10 second baseman, and I think that's the— Least bold, maybe, of all of them. I don't know why he's not getting more attention in fantasy. He's still only 25% owned in CBS Sports Leagues. I think between three positions he'll play a ton with good power and on-base skills. Uh, my last bold prediction is about Luke Voigt, player we've talked about a lot, me especially. Looking at the AL crop of first basemen, provided Voigt keeps his job over Greg Bird. I think he's going to be the AL starter at first base, which obviously says something about what I think of his production, too. Yeah. All right. That's cool. AL all-star. Yeah.
1: Yeah. AL first base, not so great. Um, Heath. Oh, by the way, I, I do own Brandon Lau in one league. I am sitting him like, today
2: in this daily Jose, lineup. League. Jose Abreu still exists, yeah. right? It's a bold prediction. He's the only challenger, right? Yankees fans can stuff the ballot really well. <laughs> no,
0: I wasn't Miguel saying. Cabrera, I wasn't saying maybe. It was bad. I was just saying like I don't, we're talking about how bad first base is in the American League. It's not like there's it no is. option. Jose Abreu is really good it's one guy,
2: but that's basically the only one. I mean, right, there's Miguel Cabrera, Jerickson Profar. I, I don't think would be on the ballot at first base.
1: Yeah, not come good. On. Carlos Santana. Okay, uh, Heath,
0: bold predictions. Yeah, I've got uh, Shane Bieber will be the second best pitcher on the Indians. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be first <laughs> or who's going to be behind him, but he's going to be better than Mike Clevenger no matter what happens. Trevor Bauer is going to have a month or two where he tinkers his way into being a bad pitcher. And then one of Corey Kluber or Carlos Carrasco misses a month. Bieber posts a low threes ERA with 190 innings, 190 strikeouts, and a very good whip. And your last oh, bold prediction, you want another one? Yes. Joey Gallo is going to lead baseball with more than 50 home runs. That one doesn't need any explanation.
1: All right, Chris, you're up. Two bold predictions.
3: I've got. Two bold predictions on Justin Turner. He'll be a top 10 hitter in fantasy, and he is my pick for National League MVP. I think he just has to stay healthy. He's a top five hitter in baseball or top 10 hitter in baseball. Plays a good third base. I think there's a ton of upside. Uh, and it's just a matter of not having one of those random injuries that that he's gone through. It's not like it's been recurring. It's just something has seemed to happen. I don't believe that's a a negative skill for him. He's so old, it's kind of a negative skill. There's lots of old guys, man.
1: Is that your? Uh, is, do you have another bull prediction, or are they just all about
3: Justin Turner? Uh, and the Marlins will have three top fifty starting pitchers. Uh, there you go. Pablo Lopez, Caleb Smith, and Trevor Richards being my pick. We've talked enough about them over the last week. <clears throat> bold prediction. Homer. Yeah, Homer. I believe last year your bull prediction
1: was the Marlins would not have one one hundred strikeout pitcher. I think they only had one. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good then. That's pretty good. Okay, uh let's talk about MLB predictions here. Who's going to win the American League East? We will go Chris Heath Scott for all of these and then Adam. Chris, who's going to win the AL East?
3: Yankees you're welcome Adam, Adam.
0: <laughs> who? who? <laughs> Adam? Uh Adam. Thank you. Heath uh easiest pick of all the divisions Boston Red Sox. Scott Yankees I took the Red Sox,
1: Severino out for a month. I took the Red Sox, AL Central. Chris Heath Scott,
3: easiest. I thought pick this team. entire league Indians.
0: I took the Twins. Their lineup's terrible.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I agree with Chris. This terrible. was this was the easiest
2: pick. Indians. Yeah, the Indians lineup's terrible. You're saying Heath? Yes. Yeah, I,
1: I still think the Indians win it. The Indians win it. And uh yes. Okay. So. <laughs> That was major, major league.
2: AL <laughs> West. I got it. Thank you. Thank you. Chris? This was the easiest pick. Come on. Astros. I know. AL
0: West. Astros by 25 games.
2: You might be right. This may have been the easiest <laughs> pick. I don't, I don't see another playoff team from that division.
0: Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, the Astros.
1: And I took the Yankees and the Angels as my wild card teams. Chris, who are your wild card teams?
3: Uh, I am going with the Red Sox and the Rays.
2: I don't have to call on you every time, guys. Go. Yankees, Indians. (laughs) Red Sox, Rays for me also. Not loving the AL field.
1: Yeah, no, it's not not as good as the NL. All right, let's go to the National League. Who's winning the National League East? Chris, Heath, Scott, Adam, go.
3: The Phillies will win by two games over the fourth place team. It's going to be a (laughs) mess.
2: Phillies by a lot. Oof. This was the toughest. It could be any of four teams, but I went with the Nationals because I like their pitching the most.
1: I went with the Phillies. National League Central,
2: Chris Heath Scott. Milwaukee. Brew crew. Brewers. I took the Cubs. Slightly over the Cubs. It was Ooh. funny.
1: Somebody pointed out that I have the Cubs in first. Who has them in second? Scott. Scott in second, yeah. Heath in third, Chris in fourth?
3: Yeah. That was pretty funny. And so it it looks like a connect four. <laughs> yes. It was great.
1: Uh Okay, NL West. Everybody got the Dodgers?
3: Okay, this was yes. the easiest one.
2: No, this is not the easiest one. No, I, it wasn't easy. I, I picked the Dodgers, but I really wanted to pick the Rockies because I think... There's so many, so much upside from so many Rockies. It's just hard to overcome the Dodgers' depth. Like, things go wrong for the Dodgers. They just have somebody else to plug in. Yeah.
1: Okay, wild card teams in the National League. Chris, Heath, Scott.
2: I'm going with my second place. I'm sorry, I'm not Chris. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) Well, he took too long. I'm going to go with the Cardinals and Padres. I think the NL East is such a bloodbath that they kind of – just beat each other up and nobody gets to ninety wins. Cardinals and Rockies.
2: My second placed NL East team is actually the Mets. Though again, it could be any of the four, and then the Rockies, obviously, who I wanted to win the division.
0: Okay, I also have the Rockies. You have the Cardinals missing the playoffs.
2: I do. I actually have the Cardinals finishing in fourth. Yeah. Oh, fourth. I'm in
1: third. I have Milwaukee and Colorado as the wild card teams. Uh, so NL Central, NL West. Oh man, the NL's great. NL was great, uh, much, much more difficult than the AL, which is interesting because I, I wonder how that's gonna affect pitchers, you know? You kinda like to get some NL pitchers, they face the pitcher in the order. But are the lineups just as a whole better in the National League than they are in the American League? Even when you consider the DH, that would be interesting. I
3: think they, I think they probably are. I mean, half the American League is just not trying to win. hmm
0: Yeah. But if you also, look at, when I was dividing.
2: When I was dividing the player pool for AL and NL only leagues, beyond like the first two rounds, the NL dominated for like the rest of the top 300.
1: Right. Okay, and then AL MVP. I got Mike Trout. Chris,
0: go. Mike Trout. Moogie bets
2: Jose Ramirez, who might be the only hitter on that first place Indians team. AL
1: Cy Young. I got Garrett Cole. Chris. Trevor Bauer. Garrett Cole. Trevor Bauer. Hey, all right. Uh AL Rookie of the Year, Eloy across the board, right?
2: He's a death. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to pick Brandon Lau, but I took the safe pick. Yeah, Eloy's going to hit 240 now.
1: NL MVP. I am super excited about Freddie Freeman. I am hoping that as he is now further uh, along and away from that injury, uh that wrist injury, that the power will come back. And if it does, Freddie Freeman is your MVP. Chris.
3: Justin Turner.
2: Bryce Harper. Uh, I'm going Ronald Acuna for the hopefully oh. not fourth place Braves. And <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be
0: really hard for him to win the MVP from fourth place. That is not true. the way voters
2: vote these days. Nah, I think, I think it is. He'll. he'll I, I, think I think he'll, think he'll lead. Is. I think he'll lead the NL in WAR.
1: Um, Ooh. NL Cy Young, Max Scherzer.
3: Yep. No, Syndergaard.
1: Scherzer. NL Rookie of the Year, Victor Robles. Yep. Fernando Tatis.
2: I went with Robles also. Got gotta give him the defensive edge over Pete Alonso.
3: Who wins the World Series, guys? Chris Scott uh Chris Heath Scott. We're all cowards. We all picked the Dodgers to make the World Series again because we are victims of recency bias, and the Yankees lose to the Dodgers in the World Series. The Dodgers finally get over the hump. Clayton Kershaw World Series MVP. <laughs> uh, Clint Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason. Astros over Dodgers. He Damn.
2: Yankees over Dodgers.
1: Okay, so I got the Astros over the Dodgers as well. So two Yankees Dodgers World Series, two Astros Dodgers World Series. Ratings bonanza. Thank you for listening, everybody. Enjoy Opening Day. We are going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. We'll see you then.